Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Okay. So, Jordan, you're having a gay old time. Gay. Gay. I think we're small enough where I can still insert the little Flintstone snippet without getting sued. Flintstone snippet? Yeah. You know, a little song. We'll have a gay old time. Have a yabba dabba do time. A dabba do time. We'll have a gay old time. Did I say that in a song? Yeah. Is that a theme song? For yeah. Like Barney. <laughs> so, we're back. We've been catching up. But for the people out there, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's It's getting really hot. Like, I don't even know if this is much better than your place right now. Oh, no, this is much better. I mean, unless you were holed up in our one bedroom that has a window air conditioner. Yeah. Everywhere else is pretty hot. What are you guys doing at your house right now? Just staying in that one bedroom all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're not cooking. We're just staying in that bedroom. That makes it hard, man. Mm -hmm. I know we're trying to avoid using the oven right now, too. For those of you who don't know, Sacramento is hot right now. Yep. Warm. It's been, it was like 100 plus all last week. Mm-hmm. It's a very warm weekend. Yeah, just insane. Yeah, um, but I've been good. Plan on wedding stuff, getting wedding stuff done, taken mm-hmm. care of, hopefully. Got yeah. our invitations in, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About to get those sent out. About to have the classy stamp on the on the invitations, yeah. like in the, the old-timey pirate movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a pirate, yeah, like the pirate seals, little wax seals, mm-hmm. trying to make it fancy. Have Nicolas Cage come and decrypt it. That would be amazing. That would make that would make everything better. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, just that and work and trying to stay cool for the mm-hmm. most part. How about you, man? Same. Because I spend eight hours a day out in that heat. So you're so. exposed to the elements <laughs> yeah. anyways. Just staying so. cool. So, yeah, that's it. I feel like there's been, there's been so much it's hard to, like, pull back. Well, yeah, we missed a couple of weeks on this. Went cause... to Santa Cruz last weekend. Oh, you guys did go to Santa Cruz? Mm-hmm. Did you guys, where'd you, uh, whereabouts? I don't know. A small cove-ish type beach around there. Um, not like the boardwalk area. Not like Capitola or anything no, like no, that? No, 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 no. Mm. It, was, it was Santa Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. It was just some small beach in Santa Cruz. Gotcha. Um, it was nice. It was a good chill spot. We went like later in the day mm-hmm. to see the sunset. So it wasn't like we were there to swim or anything. It was a good time. Beat the heat a little bit. It was cold. It was like downright cold. It was like 65. Really? Yeah. I found that like a lot of the times, because I used to go to Santa Cruz all the time. My cousin used to live out there. So I, we went, when we come from Sacramento out to Santa Cruz, the weather was like not opposite, but completely different. Mm-hmm. There was no expect expectations as far as like one way or the other. But it keeps you on your toes. That's right. Speaking of keeping you on your toes. What you got? What we you have got today, a security guard that lived on his toes. <laughs> okay what's that mean we have we have another ufo case today oh yes uh the zanfrida abductions this is different than what you were initially planning right this is what i had planned okay yeah is it what, what's it called zanfrida zanfrida it sounds like something huh. at buca de beppo uh, <laughs> italian dish <laughs> the spicy zanfrida which delicious he is italian so it works oh cool um All right. Yeah, so my main source for this one is um, com, which Reno Stefano was a journalist mm-hmm. at the time that covered all of this, and he's written a book about it, and it's 
been since transcribed from Italian to English, and oh, wow. um, there's like he has it pretty much summed up on his website. So if you want to see details about it, he covers it in pretty good depth, and I've cross referenced it um, from different websites, and they pretty much back it up. So mm-hmm. credit where credits do. <laughs> Reno Di Stefano, and I'm gonna butcher all these Italian names. So deal with it. <laughs> and all um, yeah so the, in this sum, this summary is coming coming from the book that he wrote the Zenfrida case if you want to actually go out and get the book how did you come across this one honestly i just looked up weird alien alien abductions yeah this one popped out too. and this one popped out and i'm like yep i like it okay so cool Excited. Yeah, we haven't done an uh, alien one for well, it's been a couple episodes it's been a little bit yeah since since good old barney and betty mm-hmm. which and yeah, i'm really glad i chose that one to do first uh because like this one there's some uh regressive memory hypnosis therapy that happens and things like that which if you've not if you if you're not familiar with that um i recommend going back to that episode was it barney and his pistol i think is the name of it yeah um and we go in depth about kind of that whole uh, hypnosis and regressive memory retrievement and we have a, a guest on that he's not He's an expert in the field, but he's not doctrinated yet. Oh, yeah. That was the one that we had Nate on? Yeah. Yeah. But he does have his bachelor's in psychology and is more familiar with the workings of your mind than I am. He's so. better suited than we are. <laughs> Absolutely. So check that out if you haven't already. It's really it's one of our more popular episodes, and then you might be a little bit more informed for this one. I feel like that, uh, that memory thing is kind of a commonality for a lot of, uh, at least alien experiences well it was it was looked at as mildly credible at the time kind of like uh sodium pentothal Mm -hmm. have you heard of that before that's like the truth serum kind of thing yep yeah yep uh i'm and i think now that's kind of gone by the wayside like they don't it's not a thing really um what the sodium pentothal they don't really view it as a truth serum like at least not a foolproof for sure but very unlikely that that actually works doesn't loosen the lips like it like it says it well, yeah i feel you probably have better luck with just some bourbon yeah well, yeah <laughs> kind of like um what's the name of that polygraph test kind of mm-hmm. like how now like you can't enter a polygraph into a court of law because it's not it's just not valid enough proof because you can get like different results right like depending on stressors and stuff exactly like that, right? yeah so yeah. if somebody's just really nervous just everything's gonna be spiking mm-hmm. so yeah okay so that bleeds into this a little bit. Um, let's just go ahead and get started. So this case, it's uh, it's about a security guard, Piero Fortunato Zanfrida, in the period from 1978 to 1980. So at the time, he was 26 years old. At the time, Zanfrida was working uh, for a, a, a local, local security company, uh, just checking out properties, basically kind of being small-time cop. Uh, making sure everything was on the up and up. And shortly after midnight on December 6th, 1978, Zanfrida was on duty in Toriglia. Yep, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a village near Genoa. They can The, the, the crowd cannot correct us later. There we go. Uh, apparently it was a very dark night. You know, no full moon, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also very cold. There was reported snow that had fallen, um, ice on the roads and things like that. So as Zanfrida was patrolling the area, he came upon a 
a empty country house. Like, like this is in Italy. In Italy. What what, what region do you know? Or like Toriglia near oh, Genoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, near Genoa. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have no my I, geography for Italy is not up there. I was gonna say. I, I mean, it's not like I can picture a map, but I'm just like I don't know if there's any <laughs> cities that I'd recognize if you said them. But <laughs> I have no idea how near it is to Rome. <laughs> okay. You know of Genoa? That's more than me. I've heard of Genoa. I watched a lot of, <laughs> I watched I watched a lot of the cooking network, cooking, you know, Food oh. Network, and uh, a lot of Giada De Laurentiis. So she she talks a lot. She actually does a couple things where she like goes back to Italy and talks about. I don't think she's from Genoa, but she has visited a lot of. You know, anyways. I've I, I've heard about it. Okay, Genoa, <laughs> good food. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right, so we got Zanfrida. He's driving along, just doing his normal patrol. Comes along his country house. It's super cold. It's midnight. Probably tired. Um, he pulls up, and then as he's um, coming upon this country house, his patrol car, which was a Fiat 126, uh, just mysteriously just stopped. Just engine cut off, totally dead. No reason why. At that time, he's kind of looking around like, you know, what's going on? I can't get anything to work like lights weren't working radio wasn't working nothing and he looks over at this country house and he sees four lights moving around in the garden so he's like oh what's going on over here somebody trying to rob this house mm. i'm a security guard i know my car's stuck but hey i got a gun and a flashlight so i'm gonna go check out these lights real quick yeah so he gets out um he thinks he's th- these are burglars go into the house and he walks over to an open gate creeps along the wall and he's trying to trying to get the jump on him well he thought he was going to get the jump on them. Turns out they get the jump on him. So as he's creeping around this house, he feels something touch him from behind. He turns around. Here's his exact quoted description. An enormous green, ugly, and frightful creature with undulating skin no less than 10 feet tall. When he directed his beam of light, beam of his flashlight on the being's face, he was so frightened that he dropped it. But he quickly picked it up and ran away. And while running, he became aware of a large and very bright light behind him. Turning around, he saw a huge flat triangular form, which was blinding him. Zanfrida shielded himself from the light with his arm. This thing, which he he was he assured was a flying saucer, ascended from the back of the house. It was bigger than the house itself and produced a hissing sound. Later, Zanfrida said that he felt an intense heat. He made it back to his car and tried to call a security company operations center in Genoa. It was 12.15 a.m. Carlo Toccolino, the radio operator, testified that Zanfrida was speaking in an excited and disconnected way. He kept saying, my God, they are ugly. I don't know what the Italian for that is, but <laughs> apparently that's what it translated we'll to. It the operator then asked if they were human or if they were, and if they were assaulting him. His answer was, no, they aren't men. They aren't men. At that point, the communication was abruptly broken, and Tocolino called the chief of security office, Lieutenant Giovanni Casiba. An hour later, a couple other patrol guards, Walter Loria and Raimondo Maschia, yep, we're going to get through it, found Zanfrida in front of the house, lying on the ground. It was 1.15 a.m. at that point. When he saw them, he jumped up, gun and flashlight ready, like he's freaking out. They're like, hey, man, chill. Like, we're making sure you're okay. And he's just in a panic, gun-aimed. And then at that point, they rush him. And they said, um, the two patrolmen, when they rushed him, they said that his clothes were, like, really hot. And he'd been laying in the snow at midnight. So, like, there's no reason for him to be that warm. But 
they said that he was burning up. Um, but they, they rushed him, took his gun, kind of at that point started to calm him down. So really yeah. quick. So he got a hold of somebody back at his base in, Gen- in Genoa. And then when that communication got cut off, that person called in some people to go and check on him? Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. After he sees 10-foot-tall, green, undulating skin beings. I feel like that's the only other time I've heard undulation, like undulating. It's such a terrible word. It's terrible. It's, well, because now, I mean, trying to picture that, like undulations in the, in the road or like mm-hmm. speed bumps and like that as skin. I'm just, See, I don't even look at it as like, yeah, I just look at... Just rippled or... Super super wrinkles, just like, like in like a horror movie where there's like bugs under someone's skin and you get that. Just, I'm, I'm being very descriptive for the listeners. Uh, it's like you could just like slough it off. It's just all those bumps just going up and down all over your skin. I'm good. I'm just I'm real good. It's like all uh, super old man taint. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, God that's Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> So I'm going to just call them the military police from this point forward. Cause the two I, that came up on him? No, no, no. So the two that came up on him were also people in his security patrol gotcha. that came and checked out on him. Uh, but they had called the Italian military police, which is called the Carabinieri's. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that a thousand times, and I hear a lot of podcasts say it a thousand times. I'm just going to call them the military police because that's what they were. Cool. So the military police then showed up afterward. After they disarmed Zenfrida, got him calmed down to, to get a statement from him, um, and they be- began the investigation, and the first thing they discovered was a clear imprint that a large, heavy object had left on the ground behind the country house. There were two marks that were frost-covered. They were nine feet in diameter and shaped like horseshoes. Antonio Nucci, the, co- the commandant of the Terrigula Station, had stated that he had that he was very confident. Sorry, I'm like reading from an Italian translation, so it's not the best. <laughs> he stated that he was with every confidence in the testimony of Zanfrida. Um, he said that he had known the security guard for many years, uh, and when he was asked what he thought about him, he said, "Quote: I can state with certainty that he is a clear-thinking man with no strange fantasies in his head." When we went to investigate this scene the next day, he almost didn't want to come. He was so scared. Only something exceptional could have frightened him so. Hmm. During the investigation, Nucci discovered that 52 residents of nearby Triglia saw a bright glare in the direction of the country house at the same time Zanfrida reported seeing it ascending. When the strange story of Zanfrida was published in the local newspapers, the articles were all tinged with amused curiosity and skepticism because nobody wanted to be associated with a ufo thing like if you're a policeman like the last thing you want to say is yeah i think it was a ufo yeah Um, not necessarily credible so people are just like being "Eh, this is weird kind of poking a little fun at it but no one's being like oh yeah it seems like there was some credibility to it and there was a ufo even though there's a lot of things like the heat of zanfrida everyone seeing these lights and things that they couldn't explain that's considerable that's yeah that's very considerable after the story had published, a lot of people thought that the police were just wasting their time. Di Stefano said to himself, he asked if it was possible that the security guard, who you know had a pretty good job, had a good reputation, had a, was a family man, like why would he like risk all of that respectability, risk his job? Because you have to be like a sane, pretty like level-headed guy to be a security guard. You don't want a kook running around with a gun. Yeah. Like, it's not just like he's just walking around with a nightstick. Like, he's, dude's got a gun. 
You don't want somebody that's crazy walking around like that. So why would you risk all of that? It's supposed to be protecting people. And say like, oh yeah, I saw some UFOs and got taken up and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show you a quick picture of some sketches of what these, from the description, what these things have looked like. Okay. Ooh. They're not, not comical, but it's like somewhat comic looking. They're very comic looking. It's pretty cool. I kind of I kind of get what they mean by the undulations now, as far as like what they're going for with the. I don't know. They kind of look like of... the cousin to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I could I could I could get that for sure. But they have have red lines were specifically red veins were described on the forehead. Huh. And that's the red lines there. Interesting. Um, and kind of hairy. Sp- hair spikes almost coming out of the sides and that's the spikes on the sides of the head hairy spikes yeah it's it's interesting undulating skin undulating skin 10 feet tall and if you see that little square part over their mouth yeah we'll get into detail with a little bit later but apparently that was something described to um translate for him so he could understand them Hmm. so yeah crafty aliens (laughs) (laughs) They got they got a they got a futuristic translator that can talk right. to now. Okay, so the so Gianfranco Tutti, the director of the Institute of Vigilance Val Bisagno, that's really bad, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the security company that Zanfrida was working for was was really worried about the negative publicity that they were getting mm-hmm. from all of this. Because this was kind of sweeping the whole country at this point. At the time his boss still he held firm he believed that that sam frida was an honest man and he wasn't going to fire him and to our knowledge there wasn't anything like hey you need to shut your mouth about this yeah. he was just like all right well that was a weird night let's just move on he wouldn't really have any reason to lie about it yeah yeah and at this point you know after the articles that came out the reporters were talking to him about how he was feeling about this um, just trying to feel out what kind of person if he was if he was just trying to get attention or something like mm-hmm. that and he was just complaining of, you know, people are calling me all hours of the day, playing jokes on me. He's like, I'm really just tired of this. This weird thing happened to me, and I'm sorry, but it was weird, and I just wanted people to know. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, I've got people calling my house and making fun of me. I just want to work. Yeah. You know, and not see these 10-foot-tall green things again. I have to say, I, I would would rather enjoy hearing a prank Italian call of somebody trying to be an alien like I, what what that ma- mashup of accents would be yes oh. I, what, I can't even picture it nope nope can't hear that at all yeah i just picture like one of the aliens from men in black with a thick italian <laughs> accent well i took place in new york anyways right so i mean you know, hey, you know. a little bit of bastardized italian well, accent yeah. in, in new york you know yeah but very proud of the Italian roots up mm-hmm. there. So we got Sanfrida. This is only the first of three encounters. Oh, yeah. There's more to come. Specifically with Sanfrida? With Sanfrida. Oh, no. Yes. So made fun of now. That's at this point, know. all we know is he saw the aliens, tried to book it, saw this, what we think is a craft, but we only know is a light right now, mm-hmm. passed out, woke up an hour later. So... After that, everything coming out, everyone hearing his description of it, uh, Zanfrida was tired of all the ridicule of everything. He, he's tired of people calling him a liar. Um, so he agrees to undergo uh, hypnosis 
from Dr. Mauro Moretti, who was a member of the Italian Association of Medical Hypnosis in Genoa on December 23rd. I'm wondering, did he seek that out, or is that something that, like, as soon as a ther- like a psych- like a hip- hypnotist hears about somebody was abducted, we gotta we gotta get in there, we gotta get him under. I, I think it was suggested to him. Yeah. Um, I think he, you know, after talking with people um, and just being so frustrated um, and having these questions of like, well, what about this missing hour? How do we know you really passed out? All of this. We just trying to account for that. Just trying to account for it. Um, so he goes on, on December twenty third of seventy eight is when he go- undergoes his hypnosis by what sounds like a pretty accredited place. And at this time, um, Di Stefano was a part of the hypnosis. Like, he was just present for it and everything. That's his captain? With, with no, no, that's that's the uh, the reporter. Oh, okay. That's kind of documenting the whole gotcha. thing. So he's there, he's present. And, um, he said he wasn't really recording anything because he wasn't expecting a whole lot to come from it. But what he wished he had because what what he was saying was astonishing. Um, he said that he had been abducted by monsters that were 10 feet tall with hairy green skin, yellow triangular eyes, and red veins across the forehead. They brought him to a hot, luminous place where they interrogated and examined him. During that same session, the same hypnosis session, uh, Zanfrida also indicated that the creatures came from a th- the third galaxy and that they want to talk to us and that they will soon return in larger numbers. The aliens did not speak in Italian to the guard, but they used a luminous device, the little square piece I was talking about, mm-hmm. uh, to translate what they were saying. What Zanfrida was stating under hypnosis was was pretty crazy. Um, the third galaxy. The third galaxy. Interesting. Hmm. Just numbering them? I, you know, I guess. I don't know. I mean, when we find planets now, we don't. You know, we don't call them like Mercury anymore. We just call them Planet One, Two, Three, Four. Yeah. B, like. Okay. If if you're traveling through the galaxies, it's like Highway One Hundred One. It's like, oh, that's Galaxy Two over there. And they're like, okay, so we got this info out of you for now, but we're gonna be back with more. Yeah, and and I couldn't really tell. It didn't necessarily sound ominous for the most part but it's when they say they're going to come back with larger numbers it's never it's like i'm gonna come back with my friends and we're gonna but they were the ones that beat up on him so i don't i don't know i don't know this is just the first event after all of this had happened which remember was on it was december 6th so first event happened on december 6th he had went under the hypnosis to try to recall what had happened on the 23rd on the 26th the guy disappears again. This is three days later? Three days after the hypnosis, but 20 days after the first abduction. Mm-hmm. So at 11.45 p.m. that night, Zanfrida was at work doing his usual thing. I don't think I'd go back to work after seeing a 10-foot-tall, green, undulating, hairy monster. But, you know, good for him. He's got a gun, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> protect himself. You know. So he's just cruising with his Fiat. Um, this time he's inside the... Borgagli Tunnel near Scafe- the Scafera Pass. Suddenly he loses control of his car again, so we're starting to see a pattern. Car goes out, which is pretty common in UFO stories. Mm-hmm. It really just messes with with electronics a lot whenever they get near something. Yeah. But he's going through this, this pass, loses power in his car again, so he loses control of the car. Mm-hmm. Car shuts off. He says it then shuts back on on its own without him doing anything to it and starts driving itself out of the tunnel. 
and this at this time he he fires up the radio and is reporting all of this to to the um, the dispatcher and is telling him like yeah my car is coming on it's moving on its own I can't do anything about it it's doing its own thing um, and at that point because you would assume he's trying to control it he's not just like going along for the ride at that right point. like oh this is nice <laughs> nice little Disney ride autonomous cars back in seventy eight yeah yeah. He said he was having a, a hard time seeing because there was a thick fog going on, and he went for about a mile, uh, and then the car came to a full stop. It came to a stop so abruptly, though, that Sanfrida jerks forward and hits his head on the steering wheel. Ain't wearing no seatbelt. Right. It's like it's it's the seventies. Who cares? <laughs> so he hits, and, and you're in Italy. Who cares? Well, you know, the speed limit there is like you're in a Fiat. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, it does. You get hit in a Fiat. There's not much going to save you. Yeah. So he, he, the car slams sh- slams to a stop. He hits his head on the steering wheel. At this point, when he calls his operator again, he's like, "The car stopped. I'm seeing a bright light. Now I'm getting out." And Zamfrida was found with his car at 1:10 a.m. by other guards. So they sent more guys back out after he'd made this call uh, to come check on him. Wasn't he found at like 1 a.m. in the morning last time, too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. Yep. Okay. It's about the same time for about the same amount of time. Okay. Both of these two incidents. Interesting. Uh, the first is Zenfrida were Sergeant Emmanuel Trevenzoli. Zenfrida was... In, <laughs> you got to, like, just embody the Italian, and you can maybe get it. Really, just think of ravioli whenever you see an eye on the end of something, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> I'm so, assuming that's coming up. You got a name? Travanzoli. Travanzoli. So that was the first one to to find Zanfrida in the car. So Zanfrida was in a field near the road. His clothes again were super warm and dry, um, and so was his head, despite the rain. So it's raining right now. Dude's bone dry and hot. Uh, they said Zanfrida was very scared again. He was shaking and crying, and he said, "Quote: They say I must leave with them. What about my children?" I don't want to. I don't want to. So, again, they call the military police. Uh, and during their investigation, they found that the car um, had been in the cold and the rain for a long time, but the roof of the Fiat was as hot as if it had spent an entire day out in the sun. And the interior of the car was so hot they compared it to an oven. All around the car, there were disproportionately large footprints. Uh, they measured them out, and the tracks were 20 inches long by 8 inches wide, uh, with a distinct empty spot between the sole and the heel. In addition to that, the military police found Zanfrida's gun, uh, Smith & Wesson 38 Special. It had been fired five times, but the guard had no idea um, who he fired the gun at. Got a couple shots off this time. Right. At least he did something, instead of just drop a flashlight and run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, at Passing least he's going here. back to work. You know, I don't think I'd go back to work after yeah, that. No. All this data had been recorded, and the report on the sightings of unidentified flying objects by Fortunato Zanfreda. And it was sent by Commandant Nucci on January 3rd, 1979, to the Magistrate's Court in Genoa. So they documented all this, wrote it down in a file, sent it on to the higher-ups to be like, hey, something really weird is going on. We the second time in a month yeah and dude showing up he's freaking out seeing aliens saying they're going to take him what do we do with this he's guy? really hot i don't know what to <laughs> <He's> do <really laughs> <hot. laughs> so i mean if the so if the car was hot like like 
they abduct the whole thing that time? You take the whole thing up? I don't know. I think he goes through another round of, of hypnosis. Okay. And recalls in a little better detail this time. Cool. So after they sent off um, this report, it kind of gets shuffled around a few times um, through the higher-ups, and basically it comes back and says, uh, no crime committed, which basically was like, nothing legal happened, it's not our business. And that was all there was to it. Rejected. Yep. <laughs> Rejected. <laughs> so at this time, now we've got a second encounter, mm-hmm. even more publicity, uh, blowing up again. So, yeah, he goes through another um, hypnotic regression session with Dr. Moretti. Uh, but this time, he didn't just do the session. He did the session on TV, um, over live TV, so that way everyone could see it. And apparently hundreds of thousands of people tuned in to see this hypnosis, hypnos- yeah, session of hypnosis. There's a lot of people that just weren't believing him. They just thought he was crazy, thought he had maybe some mental health, health issues. And Zanfrieda was quoted as saying, if, if I could have, I wouldn't have reported my experiences now that I see the consequences. So in an attempt to end any further discur- disturbing uh, discussions of the incidents. Well, it's not like he was forced into the hypnosis sessions, right? No, he was doing it to be like, look, people, I'm not crazy. Like, Because this was kind of this was a respected thing at the time. There was, there was an institute devoted to it. So he's undergoing these sessions on camera to be like, look i'm not crazy but he ends up regretting having said anything at all yeah he's like if i'd known that it would have blown up like this and you'd be calling my family all hours of the day like i just i wouldn't have done this all the italian pringles <laughs> sound like you said italian pringles and i got pringles. intrigued and then i was like oh prank calls and then i'm still intrigued <laughs> there's well pizza prank well yeah. <laughs> a whole line of italian pringles spaghetti yes. pringles ravioli uh, well, are they just all just chef boyardee pringles Chef Alfredo pink Pringles. <laughs> Ooh, Alfredo? There we go. That'd be good. Changing up the sauce. Just like a pesto, maybe? Ooh, Ooh I'd be down for pesto a pesto Pringle. Pringle. <laughs> Pringles, contact us. We are not sponsored by Pringles, but we would love to be. We are not sponsored, but we do love them. So the guy's going to go through another session of hypnosis. Um, all the doctors that examined him to see if he was under uh, any kind of mental strain, anything like that. He had, like, um, no history, right? No, nothing like that, and they just said... The only thing we can find is he's suffering from a state of shock, but he's perfectly sane. And that's coming as a direct quote from Dr. Giannotti's diagnosis. So now we're in our second session of hypnosis. Um, But he didn't just do this one um, with hypnosis. He also took the, quote, truth serum that we were talking about before, the sodium pentothal. Oh. um, Which was given by uh, Professor Marco Marchison. Zamfrida confirmed everything he has said before and explained that last time he was lifted from the ground into the alien spaceship by a mysterious green light. The professor declared no human being can knowingly lie while under pentothal treatment so I think it's very probable that Zanfrida had had these encounters. Or at least definitely thought he did. But Zanfrida's adventure was not an end. Perhaps the most exciting of his strange encounters occurred a few months later. At 10.30 p.m. on Sunday, December 2nd, 1979, Zanfrida disappeared again. Wait, so, so you said December? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the original one in December of the year before? Yep. Okay, so it's almost a year later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That'd be kind of crazy. Nothing happens for... Right. Like, the, that happens a couple weeks apart. Gives yeah, you some calm, and then all of a sudden, we're back at it. Especially, uh, like, after having said that they, he needs to go with them. Mm-hmm. would be freaking out. Yeah. So it's December 2nd of 1979, and this time he disappears while driving his Aston, his Austin Mini. I thought it was Aston Martin. I was going to say. And I'm like, man, upgraded. that's a good job. Yeah. 
Got so, a raise that year. So in the suburbs of Genoa is when he gets taken. And while looking for him, four patrol guards clearly saw a very large UFO in the sky. It was over the hills above Genoa. Suddenly, from out a large cloud above the guards, two lights came on and shone directly on the four men. The engines of their car stopped dead, and they got out of their vehicles, terrified. Only one of them, Lieutenant Kasiba, reacted and fired his gun at the UFO. The lights turned off, and the cloud moved away. One of these guards was so shocked that he never completely recovered his mental stability. A few months later... Ooh. He didn't make it a few months later. We're just going to leave it at that. That same guard? That, yeah. Not the one that shot a gun, but one of the four was just terrified, and he just couldn't live with it. Oh, um, no. We don't know the details of the guard. He might have had some other things going on, but uh, he didn't make it. He do do himself in? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. So now we're going to go through another hypno- hypnosis session. Uh, this one was made on... was. Wait, yeah, the next day, Monday, December 3rd. So, so he, he'd done this a couple of times. He's like, we're going to do this quick, fresh, right out the gate. So they did those four find him? I guess they had to have found him. Um, they don't necessarily, like... All we know is, like, all, all I've found is that he disappeared Yeah. Um, into this cloud, which I'm assuming into a ship above the cloud. Um, one of the dudes start firing on it, and then they find him later on in the evening. Hmm. But the next day, he goes under another round of... Uh, Hypnosis, hypnosis regression, induced again by Moretti. So this account begins around 9.30. The guard was in a self-service gasoline station on a highway near downtown Genoa. Sanfrida heard something calling him from a shadow, and he walked towards the voice. Don't ever walk toward the voice. If you hear something from the shadows, don't ever walk toward it. That's just good life advice. Goes against every scary movie policy I've ever heard. It's just like it's just bad. Like even if it's nothing like paranormal, it's just a bad person mm-hmm. about to get robbed. Nope, nope. So he makes this terrible decision of going toward the voice. He said that he was helpless to resist that voice, and when the owner of that voice ordered him to drive into a small cloud, he obeyed. Then, and this is the most incredible part, he was whisked off in the cloud to a very large spaceship. Zanfrida described the man who gave him the orders as being a bit taller than himself with a bald, egg-shaped head and dressed in a checkered suit that included something made of steel in place of a shirt. Walking around with the giant aliens in that huge craft, the guard said he had seen transparent cylinders filled with a strange blue liquid. One contained a frog-shaped body. The aliens called an an enemy of ours from another planet. Two or more were preserved, a big bird and another, a human-looking body. Zenfrida described as looking kind of caveman-like, so not so much, not what you normally think of a person, a little bit more muscular, clunky, hairy, you know, mm-hmm. prehistoric man. So now we're getting a little bit of fantastical, like, we're, we're full-blown sci-fi now. We've so is he saying that this one, like this one that's leading him, looks different than the others? Says he looks more person-like, like more like a human, just a little bigger with an egg-shaped head, hmm. and which is kind of what people describe Men in Black to be like. Yeah, which will definitely be another episode. Um, which Men in Black are? There's lots of theories. Some people just think they're like, like in the movie, like a government agency comes in, cleans up after weird things happen. Some people think <laughs> that. Um, Men in Black are actually like aliens trying to do the best they can to look like humans to make us feel more comfortable to do whatever we need them to. They need us to do. 
Okay. So, so this guy leads him up into the cloud, and he's seeing all these weird bodies in a in tubes, Austin Power style. <laughs> Phase four complete. They stole my mojo. Oh my god. So during that same session, um, he continues, and Zanfrida starts to utter these words: "Where have you been, and what do you want to do in Spain? Why?" But all together. That will scare people. The next day, on the morning of Tuesday, December 4th, the International Service of the Italian Press Agency, ANSA, carried a news item about a Spanish dentist, Dr. Alfredo Sanchez Suesta, Cuesta, one of them, who, <laughs> who on uh, the Saturday night that just passed uh, was driving in Guadalajara around nine miles from Madrid when he saw a very brilliant UFO that followed his car for about an hour. Could you imagine having your car followed by a UFO for an hour? I wouldn't be in the car. I'd go, like, downtown, someplace very urban, and mm-hmm. go inside a skyscraper. Try to, yeah, try to escape it? Or, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess a lot of rural roads. I mean, in the 70s, especially a little less, less developed, maybe. Yeah, but he was nine miles from Madrid. I just drove back to Madrid where it's super populated. <laughs> You'd think. I don't know. I've never been followed by a UFO, so I can't say that. Uh, One day. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Don't you wish that on me. (laughs) Don't you put that on me. So the UFO was about 50 feet above the dentist. It was terrifying him. It freaked him out. So this had just happened. This was a separate report uh, of UFO case happening uh, right before Zanfrida's supposed latest abduction. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there talking about it before it's even hit the press. So that's adding a little bit of credence. Uh, to his story and like why are these guys just going around like messing with people in Spain yeah a little messed up guys well messing with some like messing with people everywhere it's yeah like, and they're in Italy they're in Spain they're... so after after telling Zanfried all of this the things that they were doing in Spain um there might be an explanation found with an object that they wanted to give him uh they had a transparent sphere with a pyramid inside something like jumping sparks were to start discharged from the pyramids vertices toward the inside with that sphere the alien said it was possible to understand who they were and how they live under hypnosis Zanfrida said that he didn't want to take the object he had enough of these strange encounters and wanted to go back to his normal life but they insisted and told them that he was to take the sphere and give it to a man who he had never heard before dr j allen heinick which, if you don't know, I didn't know until looking into this case. Heineck is Heineck has his hand in a lot of big UFO cases. So it sounds like they're kind of saying like maybe this guy's getting the closest. So yeah, they're like get this to him. Right, they're like you're not the chosen one, but we want you to give this thing to this guy because he'll get it, even though you're not going to get it. Like we're not asking you to understand. We just want you to be the mailman. Why they couldn't have just showed up on Heineck's doorstep yeah, in their fancy spaceship and dropped it off themselves, mm-hmm. I don't know. But they, I guess they just thought this would be a little more discreet. Needed somebody that was a little more suggestive. Yeah. Suggest- suggestible? Suggestible? I don't know. So, <laughs> this was not the last. I, I guess I misspoke what I said three times. Zanfrida dis- disappeared one more time, February 14th, 1980. But this time, his car was in a constant radio contact with his security headquarters, and he he was reached in a short period of time up in the hills. That chilly night, 
When he was found by his colleagues, the guard was freezing and in a state of shock. A villager living nearby said that a few minutes before the rescuers arrived, he saw a huge brilliant mass in the sky shaped like a football balloon. And remember, football, probably soccer for them. Mm -hmm. All of us heathen Americans. Different sport. (laughs) During the next hypnosis session, man, he went through so many hypnosis sessions. Dr. Morietti faced a new problem. Zanfrida suddenly started to speak a strange and unknown language. He was uttering words like Ichi sna si nala ish ge il se la. And there's a lot more. And that's more better than the Italian that I've been doing. <laughs> Say, pretty good pronunciation on that. Yeah. Moretti was not able to control the hypnotic regression, which you, I, I thought ideally you don't want to do that anyway because you don't want to accidentally suggest memories. Like mm-hmm. Nate talked about before, it's super easy to suggest false memories when someone's under hypnosis. Kind of about planting stuff. Right. So I'm not, which I guess you do have to kind of guide it a little bit so you can get them to go back to the memories, mm-hmm. but still a little suspect. Impressionable. That's it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Zanfrida continued on his own um, and said that he was. Oh, he said that he was contacting aliens. His voice had changed, and in a very guttural way, he said, "You can't work out anything in a case like this. To believe or not to believe doesn't mean anything. Each thing in its own time." He said that during he, the session. He said that in like a super guttural tone that I'll probably edit into the show. Okay. <laughs> You don't want to give it your best shot right now? No. No. So, after this, Zanfrida was under observation 24 hours a day. The last hypnotic session was made, um, and it was supposed to be said to be very illuminating in the subject. The guard was absolutely out of control, didn't answer any questions at all. What is happening here is scientifically inexplainable to me, said Dr. Moretti. Under interrogation, Zanfrida kept saying, question with negative answer, Tixel don't know what that means pixel pixel and it was useless to go on he just kept fighting it and he had not done this in the entire time but he was very aggressive this last session versus the rest of them where he was just kind of chill and informative i mean i think he was still freaked out like you remember the clip from barney hill where he was really like borderline crying through the whole thing yeah Um, but this one he was just fighting and resisting the entire time so well under the state of hypnosis under the state of hypnosis He's not been abducted anymore since then, and very few UFOs are reported in the Italian sky. After this point, um, the job that Zanfrida had fought really hard to, to keep, um, he just kind of started letting himself go, out of shape, um, lost his job. Oh, no. It was, it was kind of a sad ending for Zanfrida. <laughs> they just kind of got labeled a crackpot, and the story was left to be after that. Oh, there was one very uh, one other thing I forgot to mention. So, in the during the hypno the session where he's talking about he's seeing all of these um, these bodies in blue tubes. Um, they're trying to give him this sphere with a pyramid in it that looks like the little electric thing from Spencer's. <laughs> yeah, the, the thunderstorm things. Yeah, yeah. that you touch your fingers to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, he said that he was looking out of a window. And could see Earth from the window. But he could also hear the gunshots from the patrolman that was shooting in the clouds. So, one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) Yeah. 
Like, how could you be that far away? The guy couldn't have been shooting from that far away. Just really weird. And he went to ask the guy that looked human-ish, like, with the egg-shaped head. And he was, like, pretty much like, don't worry about it. You got other things to pay attention to. <laughs> we got this pyramid we want you to give somebody? Yeah, focus up. Don't worry about the gunshots, okay? Look, Zanfrida. Focus. Listen up. <laughs> and that's Zanfrida. The Zanfrida abductions. So he ended up not getting a hold of that pyramid thing? Nope. Didn't take it. Didn't know Dang what happened it. to it. That's like the that's the key right there. That's the key. Out of the key. And it could be just like could have just been laying in the field when he got dropped off, and he just was freaking out, so he didn't know, trying not to shoot people. Yeah, I guess it'd be after four times. I think it. I guess it'd be kind of hard to be credible. I don't know. I mean, hypnosis session after hypnosis at, session. At least, at least it's documented well. That's why I liked the case so much, because each time he's calling radio dispatch. Mm-hmm. So that's on record. Um, I, I would love to hear what the dispatch guy was saying in the break room, though, after, like, the second or third time. Like, oh, my God, he's calling again. This guy again? Yeah, okay, we'll be out there in a minute. Start drying your clothes. <laughs> Start drying your clothes. <laughs> we'll be there. Just lay out in the snow. Make yourself real hot. Be fine, but yeah. So, how do you feel about it overall, and like what bits stick out to you? I had a lot of like at the beginning of it. I had a lot of hope for like some something credible or reasonable to happen, but well, I mean the timing of things it all matches up. You do have people going out to search him, and they're finding mysterious things when they do find search him. Like he's in the rain, but he's dry. He's in the snow, but he's hot. They find these footprints that are, I think they like tie for the largest human footprints ever recorded. Hmm. They find these these horseshoe shaped indentions in the ground that are nine feet long. So I'm, I'm assuming those are supposed to be like the feet of the ship or something like that's, that. That's what I would assume, or maybe some kind of like pushing down from whatever's keeping the ship in the air. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I think it's cool that that the, the hypnosis went over into this one too, and we actually had some of that, and the sodium pentothal was included. But not that that made a huge difference if it's not necessarily incredible as a uh, yeah, I, yeah at the time it supposedly was so right like i think like the cia and everyone kind of was using it so but sounds like it kind of just became big news in italy for a second and then just well for well, a, couple, a year yeah for a couple years a couple years that's so bad for the guy right just got labeled the crackpot of italy and four times and then they're like ah maybe we're getting too close and so they just left him alone well for and a he bit showed and, like every time they're showing up he's in a panic yeah and they examined him to see if he had any mental health issues, and all the psychologists gave him a clean bill of health. So it's not like he was having any kind of episode of mm-hmm. any kind. But yeah, I don't know. Like I almost want to label it as a hallucination because, like, on the second time he hit his head on the steering wheel. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe it was just a very vivid dream. But that was the second time. The first time there was nothing like that. The third and fourth time there was nothing like that. Um, real hot everything real hot cars and yeah him I th- and i think it's funny when there's there's like a line that gets crossed like if you don't get abducted you're a lot more believable once you have the story of being abducted then it's like a little you, you go way down on the believable scale once you actually went up yeah your your story goes yeah down if you saw him oh okay oh they took you with you uh i don't know <laughs> What's what's your family uh, mental history again? <laughs> the only thing I do like about it 
not the only thing I like about I like many things about it, but I like that it's not like a chosen one story. Mm-hmm. Like where they're like, oh, you're the one that's going to keep from like nuclear winter from happening on your planet. It was like, hey, we just need you to give this guy this package. Again, I don't know why they couldn't have just done it themselves yeah. instead of abducting this guy four times to try to tell him to do that. Had to be him. Had to be apparently. him. And they apparently did a really bad job because he would forget it every single time they dropped him off. So he's world's worst mailman. Episode title, World's Worst Mailman. World's Worst Mailman. There you go. <laughs> Ding. Good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to, like, if it was possible, I'd, I'd, I'd want to see, like, w- how that affected everybody that was involved. Like, all the, maybe besides the guy who mm-hmm. is no longer uh, with us. Although, I'm assuming, I don't, you know, I'm sure that mm-hmm. a lot of times passed since then, but. Well, then you have things like, oh, I wish we'd know if he had any traces of gunpowder on him. Because, like, they found his gun with five shots fired. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that's why I like this, because the before and after was documented very closely. Because yeah. he was on radio contact before, and people were coming out and looking, like, literally an hour later. So that's all documented very well. It's just this weird in-between. If only hypnosis was more... Which we've learned... We've learned it is, it is credible. It is, it is credible. It's just in the form of recalling memories. It's not so much yet. Well, and plus, it's. I feel like that's only going to get you so far. Cause, mm-hmm. well, I mean, and I wonder how much of it is just what you've. Because if you have a really of, vivid imagination, then. Yeah, like, and how much of it is just what your your brain's using to cope with a situation that you're mm-hmm. you weren't wanting to handle. Yeah, that you couldn't accept yeah. mentally. And I'm not even talking about something like aliens. I'm just. Could be anything. Could be anything traumatic. Oh yeah, coping mechanisms for everything. So, because I mean. It sounds terrible, but being abducted by aliens might be better than a lot of alternative situations. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if they keep dropping you back down, nice and warm. <laughs> right? He is nice and toasty every time. Yeah. Stay. He stayed toasty. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh man, that was not planned, but I love it. I like that. Was good. So natural leading. Um, believable. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think it happened? I almost think it's more. I, I like it more. I think it's more on the believable scale on. A little bit more so than the Barney and um, Betty. Really? Barney and Betty? Is it Betty? Yep. Yeah. Just uh, think of Barney and Betty Rubble. What's that? Just think of Barney and Betty Rubble. Rubble yeah. Flint- <laughs> Flintstones again. Only because, I mean, four times and four hypnosis sessions, and you said how well, it, you know, like, again, how well documented this one is mm-hmm. in each occasion. And I guess people, well, I mean,. Barney had people backing up him, backing him up as far as like his history and mm-hmm. who he is as a guy, who he is personality wise and stuff like that too. But I don't know. Maybe just like because it's Italian. It's <laughs> true. <to. laughs> um, I mean, five gunshots. I mean, happened around the similar time every time. Besides, apparently that last one it was a little bit earlier on in the night. Yeah, the last one was a little earlier in the day. Was he still a security guard at that point? That fourth time? Yep, he was oh, security no. guard the whole way through. It wasn't. It was. It was years I'm later. Done with this. When he just kind of like let himself go and hang up the mag light. Yep. Oh no. Hung up that Smith and Weston. He was packing. It's not like not like a mall security guard. I don't know. I mean, pretty accurate. Well, not accurate, but pretty descriptive picture of mm-hmm. these aliens. I really like the idea of a key being able to like maybe transfer whatever knowledge. Mm. Of them, all-knowing sphere. Us. 
I want to talk to this guy who, is, who would supposedly be able to know what to do with something like that. The, uh, oh, Jay Allen Hynek? Yeah, who he's supposed to deliver it to. Yeah, he, he the more UFO we do, the more he's going to pop up. Because he investigated quite a few of these incidents. Well, I'm like wondering, did he even get in touch with the guy? Did he ever even... I'm not, I don't think so, to my knowledge. I think he might have found out later because his name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure how that interaction went. Do you know, like, what time that guy was more prevalent? Like, was would he have even... I'm not sure right now, because I'm only just learning of the guy. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll get his own episode lit. Maybe he'll be the next Paranormal Man of the Year. But you yeah. gotta, you got to wait a while for that one. Well, because he might not even have been, like, a big deal at that point, and it could have been just them telling him to, you know... He was probably trying to be under the wraps, if anything. Yeah. If he was trying to do actual studies. Yeah. Hmm. You're looking up. Yeah. Looking to him. So you, you, you think this one's more believable than Barney and Betty, huh? I like the way this one's laid out a little bit more. Yeah, at least something strange happened. I don't know about the abduction part, but at least something weird was going on for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, I can do, I'm, I'm good with that. Well, and like and that this one was multiple occurrences, too, because the mm-hmm. last one, well, Barney and Betty was only the once, right? Yes. Um, and there was the really in-depth hypnosis session. Right. Right. So, I mean, for it to happen four times to the same guy, mm-hmm. and 52 people seeing the lights, and, well, a bunch of people seeing lights, it was even more was than 50, just the one. It was 52 on the on first night. On the first night. occurrence, yeah, but yeah. I mean, more people And then you had like, the four security guards on, like, the mm-hmm. third occurrence, yeah. Yeah, I want to see their eyewitness, you know, testimonies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That'd be, yeah, I just yeah. think this one puts itself together a little bit better than, yeah. That's cool. I don't know if he got abducted, but I think something weird definitely went down. Mm-hmm. Too many other things. It's mostly just like it being cold. He's his clothes are warm. It's raining. He's dry. That kind of thing. Like that's weird. So I'm I'm gonna put it up there. I th- I think something happened. I don't th- think it was an abduction though. That's where I'll be with it. Cause it's also a very short time. It was an hour mm-hmm. between the time that he like radioed in and the time that the people showed up. Well, apparently they they didn't need him that bad. If they needed him to, to come with them, and they were like, also why didn't eh. they why didn't they stick a partner with this guy after <laughs> the first or second time? Right, you would think. Well, maybe he was. <laughs> that's that's a really good question. Maybe nobody wanted so to. They're like, yeah, that guy's crazy. You're sticking me with who? No, I'm calling in today. Nope. <laughs> no, he's been inducted how many times? He mm. says. I think I'm good. Only yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. Well. You're, what do you, so what do you got coming up next? I'm going to do mer- creatures of sorts. So, so okay. mermaid, mermaid, mermen. Um, I was gonna look There's kinda, a bar down here in Sac where you can go see that. This is true. <laughs> uh, shout out to... Dive uh, bar. Dive bar, thank you. Yeah. Depending so on what day of the week, depends on what kind of mer person you're getting. Yep. Yep, you can get both. You can get both in there. But I was I wanted to look into the um, the correlation between like the sirens tales and stuff like okay. that and the mermaids too cool. and like kind of go nice summer piratey themed yeah I like well, it. And I, you've done a lot of like more so of the cryptids and stuff like that I don't, I, have we done specifically a creature yet I don't think so I don't think so it's been more like abductions yeah. and, and things like that conspiracy theories and stuff like that I was looking into more conspiracy theories but I was like you know yeah. I want to mix it up a little bit so yeah it could cool. be a fun one cool I don't have a specific one for my next one but. Last episode, you were talking about doing things that we, like, topics as a whole that we've not done before. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to try to find stories of, like, a real-life mad scientist. Okay. And I'm not sure who yet, but, you know, 
like a Dr. Frankenstein, but for Frankenstein. real. Frankenstein. Frabluka. Insert horse, ner- In- horse noise. Sort it. And sort it. Horses. <laughs> so we got so we got some mer people coming. Yes. We got some mad scientists coming. Have you looked into that at all? Have you no, it's just a. T- I thought of it the other day, and I'm like, like, oh, fun. yeah, like really fun one. yeah. So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna try to stay away from like the like the big scientists from like World War Two, quote unquote scientists from like Japan and Germany that did all the torture stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to stick away from that and be a little bit more sci-fi ish. We'll as see. much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Just go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Go off the rails. Yeah. Well, cool. So we're both mixing it up, reaching out. Yeah. Branching out. And speaking of reaching out, branching out, reach out to us at the Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. Do it. We've had a couple, a uh, couple emails, a couple responses. We really appreciate it. Um, oh, there was one I meant to shout out this week. Listener, forgive me. Um, our listener Alex mm-hmm. had sent sent us a nice email, just just kind of discussing how we felt about ghosts and things like that, and brought up some good stuff that I was going to talk about, but I totally forgot. Sorry, Alex. Next episode, let's let's like intro with that. Yeah, that's what I planned just to do. His conversation, and I totally had forgotten to do that. So a fun little segue. Next episode, we'll have a little beginning, kind of touching up on that um, before we get into the sirens. But yeah. if you would also like to reach out to us just to chat, just to say hi, tell us what you like about the show, mm-hmm. give us some ideas. Oh, and speaking of shout-outs, shout-out to our other listener, Jeff, who you had heard on an episode giving his, his ghost stories from a theater that he volunteers at. Mm-hmm. Gave, us a, gave us a couple list ideas. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, so keep keep emailing us. Keep in touch, guys, and um, keep rating us and reviewing us on on I. I iTunes and Apple Podcasts. That's the biggest one. That's huge because mm-hmm. it just, if you want to find a podcast, it's not by how many downloads, it's how many ratings and reviews they got. Mm-hmm. So if you got a moment, if you enjoy the show, we appreciate it. Just take a second and give us a rating and review. Share us on your Facebooks, share us on the Twitters, the not socials. Ego, it just makes us easier to find. Yeah. And the more we get out there, the more people we can get in contact, the more cool stories we can give you guys. Yeah. So I think that about does it for this one. So, legs and Frida, remember everybody, when you're out in that cold snow or in that rain, stay toasty.